once in a month, and better it be when the moon be full. This is Witching Around, the podcast which explores and celebrates modern day paganism and the community within. I'm your host, Regan Chanty. I'm a solitary eclectic pagan, a researcher, workshop leader and author. Every episode, we will look at a specific subject and talk to others in the pagan community for their expert knowledge and thoughts. Hello, everyone. So this month, we are talking about crafting. I, myself, am really, really into crafts. I will do whatever I can get my hands on, although my main craft is crochet. And this month, I'm going to be joined by Kat Treadwell and Pauline McCahill, who are also avid crocheters and knitters as well and they're really good friends of mine and they're so talented and so insightful so I wanted to talk to them about crafting and in particular crafting from a witchy perspective and there's a lot in this interview it's really really interesting to listen to they've got some really fascinating insights and historical tidbits so I really really hope you enjoy this episode so before we get started with all of the craftiness would you both like to say a couple of things about you and your path? Pauline, do you want to go first? Okay. Well, I um, was initiated on the Gardnerian path a few years ago. I crochet, I knit, I paint, I draw. I have done tapestry in the past, and I have dabbled in lots of other crafts, including felting and pewter craft and sculpting and all sorts of things. And Kat? Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I never know what to say about myself. Um, I'm Kat, I'm a druid, um, which is the word that best describes me, as people say. Um, I learned to knit from my gran when I was tiny and picked it up again a few years ago. Um, taught myself to crochet properly when stuck inside due to workmen and really got the hang of it during lockdown. <laughs> so... My husband is adamant the next stage will be uh, washing sheep fleeces in the bath and all of that sort of thing. But I don't know if I'm going to go that far. <laughs> OK, well, that covers my next question, which was going to be about what crafting do you do? So I'll go next to what are you currently working on, which I do realise is a loaded question for a crafter, because I know I've got a, a good <laughs> like six or seven projects on the go. So I say, what's your main work in progress? Okay, well, at the moment, my two main ones is I'm making witches' hats and I'm making a cat sofa for my new cats. <laughs> oh, fun. I remember getting that. I bought that pattern and I cannot make head or tail of it. So good luck to you. <laughs> I'll help you if need be. <laughs> okay, I think I also need like 900 grams of yarn, which I don't think I have consistently. <laughs> Me I either. The, would the cats mind? No, true. They, they, yeah, but it'll be a cute thing to have in the bedroom with them. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh lord, um, I'm working on, uh, most importantly, um, I'm working on a shawl for my aunt who's recently been given the all clear from breast cancer, um, hey. and wants to sort of celebrate. So I'm doing her, uh, a wool silk shawl, which she picked out, and uh, Oh, I'm, every row is taking me about half an hour at the moment, so I'm going to hate the thing when I'm finished with it, but uh, <laughs> it's going to look amazing. Um, and I'm I'm constantly got things like scrappy blankets and stuff like that all on the go because it's handy to have things that just sort of pick up and put down and 
do whatever you want with when you haven't got much brain. Yeah, that's true. I always have a project on the side that I can work on when I'm not really feeling yep. it, but I want to do something with my hands. I have um, a few friends who want to learn knitting. And I just said, just start with garter stitch. Just do knit and knit and knit and knit. And that's it. You just practice. And once you've got that, then you do pearl and then you're off. But you're yeah. away. But you do need to have that sort of, it's okay to mess up. It's okay to just keep going and doing random things and seeing what happens. Yeah, that's you don't true. Put it down. If if you start swearing and whatnot, then that's part of the process. <laughs> yes, I'm always telling true. people that. There's a lot of effing and blinding when I was first starting crochet and knitting. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, as part of your craft, do you do it as part of your pagan practice? And if so, what do you do differently? It, uh, as in, like compared to when you're just doing it for fun or commissions? Well, when I um doing something for part of my craft I feel the intention behind what I'm making like if it's a goddess doll that I feel a friend needs I pick the herbs that will give them strength and add that as well as the stuffing and put lots of love and um, intention into it to make sure that when it goes to that friend whether it's a commission piece that the friends asked me to make or whether it's because I feel the friend needs it that's how I work it um and every single person who's ever received anything from me knows how much love I put into my work. Yes. <laughs> I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's the intention when you're working on it. Um, I've tried not to make things that are for other people when I'm in a bad way, for example, if, if I'm having a major depression day or a bad headache or something. Um, it's likely you'll cock up anyway, uh, if it's me. Um, and... Also, I don't want that getting into the work because if you're angry, your stitches can get tighter and it it doesn't look as good. It comes across. So, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, often when I'm doing something like that for people, I'll try and I'll get them to say words which they think that the article has to be. So like soft and swooshy or snuggly or... Oh, I'm... Can you hear me okay? I'm... Yeah, you've got a bit of an echo going. Yeah, there's a thunderstorm about to happen above me, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's do you want it soft and silky or do you want it mohairy and fluffy um, or sort of slinky evening wear, that sort of thing. So what, what keywords leap to their mind? And then I'll try and translate that into a thing. I do okay. angry pins where I um, I feel really strong emotions about whatever's happened to me and I get out my paint set and I just make a complete mess. It's not supposed to be used. It's then ripped up or burned via some sort of spell so that I can dispel that anger from whatever has happened to me. Huh, interesting. Actually, I was thinking about one time when I was crafting, when I was feeling really emotional, uh, it was it was a health scare. It was a few years ago, and um, I remember just getting out my yarn and making a jumper. And it's, I mean, it it is really nice. It is a bit of a mess. It's way too big for me. But every time I put it on, I feel really comforted because it was the something that gave me that that kind of comfort when I was feeling really lost. Um, yeah, I also to go back to what I was saying about crafting as part of a pagan practice, which was my actual question. Um, for me, I'm, I'm same as you guys. It's all about intention and what is what's being asked of me if I'm making it specifically for someone. 
but I've also recently started using specific hooks for my crochet. So if, I, if I'm working for something specifically to do with the craft, whether it's something I'm selling or something I'm making for me, I have like these little, I've got crochet hooks that have got, they look kind of like wands. And that kind of gets yeah. me into the mindset a bit more. I think more and more people are doing that these days. And I've, I've seen so many that are like Harry Potter ones or yeah. Doctor Who and Sonic Screwdriver look or you know, anything you can think of. But people are really having fun with the, the standard bog standard metal crochet hooks. And it does make a difference, yeah. Yeah. My okay. go-to hooks happen to be my mum's hooks that she gave me because she used them when I was younger. And they have all the love from all the stuff she made me in oh, them lovely. so it's like nice. double love thing going on oh that's really nice so do you use those just for your um practice or do you use them in general um i use them for every project that i want to put love into and if it's just a standard project like um just a practice of a certain stitch then i'll use my other hooks but for anything that i'm intending to put love into i use my mom's hooks oh that's wonderful so out of the different crafts that you do, what one have you found the most challenging? Um, as I say, I was gifted a wheel a while ago, which was amazing. Um, and there's some a spinning group near me who were able to check it over and make sure it works and as all as it should be. Um, I'm really not good. <laughs> so <laughs> it's the thing of having the fleece and having it all come apart. I haven't learned to properly move my hands yet. They haven't got the knack. So yeah, yeah that's the current sweary thing. But I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> For me, it's not a craft so much as a pattern that I'll struggle with. I mean, I made something a few years back for somebody with illusion knitting and the amount of swearing and the picking apart that I <laughs> that If it had just been standard garter, it would have taken me an hour. It took me three weeks just because of the amount of times I had to pick it apart. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I have <laughs> even got been there. To... I haven't even got to illusion knitting yet. I'm still working on like the basic stitches. And um, yeah, I can knit, purl, increase and decrease, and that's basically it. So uh, I think I, I got, for me, knitting is probably my my challenging one. I got brioche. That's brioche knitting. Oh, that's gorgeous. And it's the reverse on the other side. <gasps> oh, is it, it works pretty? really well. And this is a Stephen West pattern from a few years ago. So there we go. That's oh, gorgeous. Obviously, those listening can't see it, but take our word for it. It's really, really gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> if people want, uh, if people watching the video want to know the pattern, get in touch and I can send the link easily enough. Um, it's a lot easier than it looks, which is brilliant because I find some designers seem to enjoy writing things, I guess, as they cut as the thoughts, whereas others are really, really expert at making it easy to understand. So there yeah. is minimal swearing. Or if you do it wrong, you can read back and go, oh, right, I misread it or something like that. It's not the pattern's fault. It's it's me. Yeah. And so out of the pieces you've made from a spiritual perspective, what have you enjoyed making the most? My fire dragon that I made <laughs> for Pauline Reed Adamson um, many, many years ago now. But let's just have a look and see if I can find it. Um, I It has for its neck to keep it together and then all sorts of other herbs i don't remember offhand what they are but um oh that's so good oh, that's really cute <laughs> gorgeous yeah. but yeah that took me a quite a long time and the pattern was complex but i had 
it was such fun doing it. I even had to phone to get help with a couple of stitches because the pattern was <laughs> complex. And although I've been crocheting for 20 years, my mum has been crocheting for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. So she was able to help me when I got confused. <laughs> my mum hasn't got a clue. <laughs> um, so it's generally friends who can crochet. Um, or I thought YouTube is brilliant for how-to videos. Yes. Um, that was never there when I was growing up with them. I just had to figure it out. But because um, it's all very well trying to explain it in text, but if you're a visual learner, then you need to see it done. And uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Also, the amount of written patterns that have the instructions being wrong, and you have to then figure out why oh. it's wrong. Oh my That's god! Right. Yes, you have to trust yourself. Yeah, for sure. There is a certain amount of intuition that goes into figuring out patterns. That dragon's brilliant. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm working on like a really small. Dra- dragons at the moment they're the, um the, the pattern's called the grumpy dragon and i nice. love it but it's so much simpler than what you've got there <laughs> yeah um i'm working on something for a friend at the moment in the spiritual sense that i can't talk about yet because it's a surprise um but part of it i really is it doing it is a tremendous well i, I wouldn't say it's a tremendous ask but it's a challenge for me because a lot of it involves um, things like granny squares, which in crochet, I really hate. <laughs> I, I don't like doing little round and round motions. I, I it, it annoys me, but it's, it's part of the pattern for this person. So annoyed or resentful or anything, trying to make it good. But I've made a few things over the years, mostly shawls, because I love to do those. And it's it's, Working on the deity, for example, or the element which they are meant to represent and at, and putting it into the garment at the end of the day. And I've, I've tried to keep photos of some of them, but some of them I, I'll never see again. They've literally been sent around the world. And I've got a friend in Australia who's got one and that blows my mind. You know, it's... It is literally tactile magic going around the world to another hemisphere. And uh, that's from every single individual stitch to all of those miles. It, it boggles me and I, I love it and it blows my mind. <laughs> um, and also, I'll, I'll answer my own question. I think my favourite pro- project I've ever done in terms of paganism is I crochet goddesses, do little goddess puppets. And I've made quite a few, but my favourite one, I think it was one that was inspired by water. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember what went in her, but she was all blue. She had um, really big wavy hair and I managed to do surface crochet and do a spiral on um, on her abdomen. And yeah, I think she was probably my absolute favourite to make. I mean, it took ages before someone claimed her, but obviously she was waiting, biding her time for the right person. And yeah. she kind of, kind of sad to part with her, really. okay so what have you what do you enjoy most about crafting uh, particularly and using it as part of your spirituality just the fact that I am able to do this and actually able to pass it on to the right person or even keep it for myself um it always always brings a smile to my face to know that someone's enjoying what I've made um or that what I'm making has the energy that I need in it if I'm going to keep it. I like that 
people make heirloom shawls and things like that, and they will last as long as it's possible to keep them. But ultimately, they're, they're temporary things. They'll they'll last hopefully longer than than we're around. But we, archaeologically speaking, don't have much in the way of clothing from times past. Um, I've seen how much effort it takes to keep silk or wool or natural fibres like that. Um, and it's it's so difficult because they will degrade in time. And it's being aware of the energy that I'm putting in, but that the recipient adds to it as they use it or wear it or hang, hang around it. And especially with toys, you know, cuddling with little children, passing it on to other children. You can only do that for so long, but the imagine the energy that that thing will have when it finally falls apart. <laughs> it's like a really old teddy bear or something like that. It it can be re-stitched maybe, but it's that engagement with the creative process, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I really like that. I haven't really thought about it that way before, but yeah, <laughs> I like that. I have an archaeology A-level. I'm not afraid to use it occasionally. <laughs> Oh, speeding through all these questions, we'll have to find some other things to chat about. Um, so is there anything crafting-wise that you'd like to try that you haven't tried yet? I'd like to make my own runes. Okay, using what material? Clay, because I've not okay. done sculpting for ages. Um, not the air-dry stuff, though. The stuff that has, that has to go in a kiln, so I have to figure out how to air-dry it in a standard oven. So that's a whole process that I've been doing of figuring it out before I actually start making the runes. Uh, mine really is the spinning, which I'm trying to concentrate on at the moment. And it's, I don't really want to go into dyeing and that sort of line. I'm happy that there's, there's people out there who are really good at that. And I'm happy to connect with them and use their, their creations. Um, I don't know if it counts as crafting, but the other thing that I've been really wanting to focus on and get into is uh, learning BSL, which is, Yes, me too, actually. You know, it's it's become a thing again recently. I, I tried uh, a couple of years ago and it didn't snag in my head. I couldn't find the time to do it. And I want to try again. Um, someone kindly sent me BSL for dummies. <laughs> and uh, I that and some videos, because then I'll be literally able to communicate with these. Yeah, I feel like Minimum, BSL is just something that something. really needs to be taught. It should be. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. Really does. I learned a little bit schools. when I was in primary school, and then after year two, it kind of just stopped. Ah. And I always regret not learning it more, or rather, I kind of regret the school didn't bother teaching us further than that. So I'm trying to. I mean, I've got a little kid now, so I'm trying to learn it alongside him because I think it's important for him to know it as well. Oh, he'll take to it like anything else, won't he? If you're a little sponge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, I managed to get him to sign more when I asked him if he wanted more food yesterday, which was hey! a big thing for me. He's very good at signing milk. <laughs> and now I've got him to start signing food and more, which is, uh, when he did it yesterday, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so proud. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. It's the thing of, when you start thinking about it, if you're me, if, if you overthink it, then you start just, your hands go everywhere. Same with any yarn craft. If you overthink it, you'll end up just going like this. Yeah. And if once you've got into the knack of it and how natural it is, and I think with with BSL specifically, because you're doing it for someone else, rather than for, you're not supposed to be looking at it this way, you are supposed to be doing it for someone. So you're essentially learning the mirror of the sign, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's like teaching someone knitting 
via video you, you have to be aware of, you're doing the opposite of what they're seeing mm. but uh it's it's something i don't know something I, like you say we should know does that count <laughs> oh it doesn't really count as crafting but yeah I, I that's something that you want to learn so yeah it's it, as i say with the spinning is the crafting side but that's the other thing with my hands and i've i've never been very good at woodwork and that sort of thing but the older women's crafts i think like the yarn work have definitely always appealed so crochet wasn't originally a woman's thing it was fishermen mm. making nets from it so yep. it was just we then went actually um we can make stuff with this and actually like you know make jumpers and stuff and that's what be it why it became a woman's thing yeah well <laughs> We took it and ran with it, I think. Yes. <laughs> Everyone, Just a little. <laughs> not, not to be horribly sexist, but I know there's loads of guys now who knit and make patterns and things, and they are fabulous. But a lot of the time people say, oh, my nan taught me, or oh, my nan knitted. And there's always this sort of, it skipped a generation thing. Maybe something wasn't cool if your mum did it. I don't know. But it's it's was necessary at a certain time to be able to knit socks and jumpers and stuff. Um, and now it's it's a bit of a luxury. Um, people say, oh, the privilege of, of buying nice yarn and then making stuff. And you could never sell it for the value that you put into it in terms of hours. But yeah. that's not really the point, is it? You know, no. it's, it's feeling that heritage and the connection through the making act. I hope I make sense. <laughs> uh, no, it does. Yeah. Again, that's something I haven't really thought of before. Yeah, it's very much connecting us to the women before us. It's usually women. That's yes. that's been my experience. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. I know some yarnies at the moment who are actually trying to um, do patterns based on the norms. I'll probably have it on my social media as it progresses because it sounds quite intriguing. But um, I've also seen a couple of more recent writings from pagan publications uh, saying certain male deities, as you say, um, had something to do with inspiring. I think it's more weaving, but probably the, the fisherman's net act. Absolutely. You know, the necessity of making those and fixing them and that sort of thing. Um, and that there's theories that that was inspired by not Prometheus, but in that way, <laughs> someone came and showed someone else how to not, <laughs> not with a K. That's really interesting. People are still exploring <laughs> it, and I love that. Yeah. In um, fact, his nets are still made in a similar way. They just use a slightly different tool mm. to make the nets, because I grew up in a fishing town, and we'd see the fishermen fixing the nets, and it's like, mm. hers is just a lot smaller. <laughs> As long as it works. Yeah. So is there anything else that you guys would like to talk about in terms of magical crafting? There's no such thing as a mistake. You start off something and especially with knitting and crocheting, it's said that if you are making a garment, you put a piece of your soul into every garment. So you have to deliberately make a mistake so that your soul isn't trapped. Yes, I was actually going to say the same thing. As soon as you said that, I thought, yes, I remember that. Because I actually mentioned this recently, I'm making a shawl that I'm planning on selling at Feltham, <laughs> and I've made any mistakes, but it's so my soul can get back out. 
I think it's inevitable, isn't it, that you, nothing is perfect. Yes. Um, and yes, there'll be mistakes. I've got lace shawls from when I was first learning how to do lace knitting. And I put them aside and been so frustrated, but then I've picked them up again later and cannot, I can't see where the mistakes are because there's so much going on in the design that it's just part of it. And if you can find the mistake, it's like finding a typo in a book. It's You probably would if you looked really hard, but it doesn't matter that much. And yeah, yeah it's, it, it's sometimes a big deal to give yourself permission to see the mistake a few lines back and then still keep going. Because some yeah. people say, oh, I can't, oh, OCD, oh, I'm like, okay, but maybe you should. Yeah, and I think Just also as well, we're more likely as yourself. a crafter to see the mistake because we're the ones who are making it mm. and we know what, we've, what we're what we aiming for. Yeah. And it, <laughs> and yeah, we're more likely to see the mistake. Because as you both know, I'm, I dance as well. And there's been many times where I've performed something, made a mistake on stage and been like, oh, God, I can't believe I did this. And I did that instead of this. And the audience has gone. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, we all have to just accept that mistakes happen and that we need to forgive ourselves for it. Um, because half the time we don't see the we won't see the mistakes when we pick it back up and the recipients certainly won't see the mistake. Yeah. I did a play mat a few years back and it it was only when I was looking at it about a year ago that I went. I missed a stitch <laughs> and I was like but this is for kids and they won't notice and no one else has so I don't care yeah <laughs> and it wasn't black yarn so that makes all the difference in the world because we know what a nightmare black yarn is it's horrible <laughs> yes. to work with uh, I actually made this the, the top I'm wearing I made where are we other way around there we go uh, it's very simple crochet um and I think if there's mistakes in this, they'll probably show up if it's in a bit that's against my skin. But I really enjoyed it because <laughs> even though it's black yarn, I just had to do it during the daytime. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm an old goth. I want to use black. <laughs> <laughs> and you can get hooks that light up, but they're, they're plastic, mm -hmm. so they're not that nice to work with. Mm -hmm. But it's really handy and when you need to be able to sturdy see. either. They really are not sturdy right. either. I've broken No, forward. they're not. I've got one of those round the neck torches that's sort of in a yes. U shape, but, but I've not really used it much. It's it's thing of no, I'll that when I was doing this, it was this was my daytime knitting, and then I had something else for in the evenings. But uh, eh, if you really want to make it, I've found that generally you'll find a way to make it because even if it's something super hard, it's just a matter of figuring it out. It's it's translating the pattern, isn't it, and just having a go as you say trusting yourself to make any mistakes and either leave them or pull them back or whatever it's, it's all a process every single one is is going to be different you also have to have a certain determination to finish pieces and I, I love it's becoming a thing again people are really enjoying sharing about it in this way I mean it, it, it is like seeing people discovering paganism and going oh what can we do and how can I make this mine and customizing their own practice it's it's just the same sort of process we're permitting ourselves to do whatever it is we're curious about and I think that's that's really needed right now we need something to keep us going in this crazy world yeah it's therapeutic yeah. in many ways as well yeah. because a lot of the time we are feeling down or we're feeling anxious and we just have to 
focus our minds to actually do something, even if it's just a swatch so that we can calm our minds down so that we can then do something proper. It yep. doesn't matter as long as we are using it the way that it needs to be used at the time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You're, you're making something out of nothing. I mean, I've seen all the memes that say two sticks and some wool and before you know it, a jumper. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's not quite that easy, but it must look like magic, you know, to people doing it. You're sitting, I, I saw a little girl on the train once and she was staring at me going, but she was watching me like I was performing magic in front of her. And uh, <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. <laughs> well, the way that we do it, it is magic, though. Yeah. Yeah, technically speaking, yes. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, often it's... we are casting our spells while whilst knitting and crocheting and crafting. Yeah. Well, uh, spells come with words, and that's why it's called spelling. But it's the same with stitching, isn't it? It's one after the other, and it, it all has meaning and comes together in, in a pattern in the end, even though it looks like a mess to start with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's definitely something I give as advice to the people I teach crochet to, that when it starts off, it mm. might look like a total mess. Do a few more rows and it'll start to come together. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. pull it, and don't be afraid mm. to yank it about <laughs> yes <laughs> and don't give up there's so many people I've met who've gone oh well I can knit but I can't get my head around crochet and I went well give it another go go back to YouTube go back to the simple stuff go back to simple books and don't worry about it stop stressing it's not going to be that hard once you've done it for a bit yeah the best definitely. advice a crochet friend gave to me was just start with just do rows of single crochet and then when you're sick of that do rows of double crochet and when you're sick of that, you know, do another stitch. And before long, I wasn't having to look things up. I, I have a little crib sheet of stitches on my phone. And I I love doing double and triple crochet garments because they're really simple. And after a while, it does become not mindless, but instinctive. You know, you're yeah. just sort of, you're just going and you're not really thinking about it. And before you, you know it, you've done tons. And I think that's... Knitting, you have to be a bit more aware in my in my experience. For crochet, you can just sort of churn it out. So. Yeah, that's definitely my experience as well. I, I drop stitches in knitting way more than I do in crochet. <laughs> it's easier. I, I find it easier to fix knitting than fix crochet, but that's just because I've done it longer, I think. Yeah, I was, was going to say, my experience is the opposite, but again, I've not been doing knitting as long as I've done crochet. <laughs> We need to get Witchfest happening again so that we can have our little crafty corner. Yes, definitely. I mean, that it's hard for me to have the crafty corner now because with the toddler. It's true. <laughs> I, though, interestingly enough, it's usually because he ends up stealing my hook and running off with it. <laughs> I have videos of him just running around with a bit of yarn a bit, and a hook and just, like, stabbing it, pretending to be me, I'm assuming. <laughs> well, okay, we've only got a if few he gets into it on the clock. So... Okay. Uh, just to wrap this up with where can we find you on the socials or the web in general? Well, you just find me by looking up um, Wool Magic on Facebook. And then if you want any commission pieces and I have time, I will price out and then do it like that. But I tend not to um, have specific patterns already made up because I like to challenge myself by someone saying, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do the other? And then sorting it out like that. So... Um, you can find me by looking up my name. It's Kat Treadwell. Um, it's unusual enough that I tend to come up on most social media. Um, I'm Druid Cat on Ravelry. 
Um, I do take commissions, but just get in touch, as I say, with ideas of words that you want. So something big and soft and squishy or slinky and silky or, or whatever. Um, I will be honest and we'll figure it out. It's I've not been beaten yet, but it's sometimes it's the thing of making people realize something might take a little while. <laughs> it might cost a bit, but it will be one of a kind. It will be absolutely unique. You will have a one-off creative piece. And I think that's the best gift that we can we can put out there and give. It is a unique piece of magic. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's I think that's covered more or less everything that we can do in this time. So thank you both for joining me on the podcast today. And I think this might be the final episode where it's just me as the host. And oh. I think the next one, Jenny Cartledge will be joining me as my co-host. Looking that's forward that. to it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> This has been Witching Around. It was created and developed by Reagan Shanty and is sponsored by Witchfest. You can find us on Facebook by searching Witching Around. Our intro-outro music is from The Ashes by Solas. Thank you for walking this path with me. Merry meet and blessed be.